0: Hello and welcome to episode 405 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I'm trying to grow all my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and garden. Now coming up today, I'm going to be talking about a few preserving techniques that we can use pretty easily in order to try and make our homegrown goods last that little bit longer. That's coming up in just a moment, but first let's find out what I've been up to. It is Saturday the 10th of July 2021 and I'm on the allotment and I've spent the morning down on the allotment here today. Now unfortunately during the week I haven't been able to get down here at all which is annoying because I could have done with keeping on top of the weeds. The, the two beds that last week I covered over with more compost. The weeds, the couch grass particularly, has started to regrow rather annoyingly and I've had to spend a bit of time ripping that out. Now, I expected the grass to, of course, grow through this compost, but because I didn't lay down any cardboard first. But it's grown at such a fast rate, it really is disheartening. I have got to get hold, over the next few months, get hold of lots of cardboard that I can just keep in the shed, ready to go down. Now that goes for the edges as well particularly where I've got the raspberry beds and strawberry beds and asparagus beds. The weeds have grown like mad in those areas and I've got to get on top of them in order to try and clear them down. Hopefully this next week I don't think work will be as busy so I this next week I can come down here every evening and just make a start and get back on top of it. Now, I have been harvesting a lot of goods. We've got broad beans again. Lots of broad beans, and I, I find broad beans delicious, actually. Really nice. Cherries have just started to turn out really nice dark red. These are Morello cherries, and they are a bit on the sour side, which is expected from Morello cherries. But, my God, are they tasty. Gooseberries. We're harvesting gooseberries as well today. They have done okay. They're not as big as usual, but they've done okay. So we've got quite a few of those, and we're going to enjoy those. Now, the onions, the overwintered onions that I harvested a couple of weeks ago, they're coming home today. They've been drying in the greenhouse now, and they are just about ready to go into storage. So they've gone into a basket in order to go home. The garlic from last week is still in there drying out, but... um. Yeah, they're not done too bad. But the spring-sown onions, these were sown back in March, April time in a bed from sets again. And they're not doing too bad. They're still in the ground. They haven't yellowed and died down. So they're still doing okay. And we'll leave them there in order to see them grow. Uh, Potatoes as well. We're doing really well with potatoes this year really well the new beds are definitely helping the covering with gra- glass clippings has really helped unfortunately a mower doesn't work so i haven't been able to redo that but this, the streamer is doing the job for me so yeah that's uh the update for today on the allotment basically more weeding and more harvesting which is what it's all about really It is the 11th of July 2021. I'm just in the podding shed at the moment because we're starting to get some rain. It's quite late in the evening, in fact. It's so late, the football's on. Um, What have I done today? Well... First of all, my potatoes in the Christmas dinner bed. Now, they're growing really well based on their foliage. I don't know what's going on underground, but the foliage is growing really, really well. It's a good three, four foot tall in terms of foliage. But what I've noticed with the strong winds and the rain we've had, particularly over this last week, is that the foliage has started to flop over. So... This was causing a problem because it was shielding out some of the sunlight from my swede plants or my pea plants or my onion plants. So what I've done is I've stuck some canes in around the potato plants and then run some string around them in order to hold the foliage up. And that should hopefully just allow a little bit more light through to do the job that I need it to do. After that I putted up the blackberry and the black currant plants that I bought last week from Wilco's very cheap. They um they seem to be recovering nicely, although they're not looking, still not looking brilliant. But I figured we'll get them into a bigger pot that can only help them. Give them a good bit of new neat nutrients. So all the nutrients that are found within the compost itself should start feeding them and help them get, look a bit better and start growing. I'm hoping to get particularly the black currant bushes into some nice big pots in the end to move out the front of our house in a in the driveway area as some edible plants to have out there. After that, I cleared a load of the pots that we've used for starting off plants in in the past, and they, they've sort of been stacked up in the corner, but they had a bit of soil still left in them, which I've emptied into our compost bins. That's you know, there's no real use of the compost anymore. I wouldn't I would like to think all the nutrients and everything have been washed away. But thrown into the compost bin, we'll still just add some humus onto the compost itself and add a bit of um bit of texture to it which should do the compost some good when we uh, come to empty it it basically means that they won't be wasted after that i had a bit of a tidy up in this shed and this involved stacking pots and trays up nicely like i i should do more often it's been a um, What I found interesting, I set this shed up, as you know, over the winter, and it's been real success. It's been a nice place to work. I've been able to really focus on what I want to do, and I've had a a nice little area to work in. But I've been... Working in here less and less because of uh, the better weather we have outside. I can stand outside and pop plants up and, and what have you. And what I found is because I was spending less time in here, it was getting messier and messier. And I just wanted to tidy everything up and get it back to where I felt that things needed tidying. This involved rearranging on the back wall my pinboards where I have little hooks and everything that I have all my garden tools attached to. They needed a bit of a rearrange just working out how I can fit everything in whether I needed everything but also making it so I can easier access everything which I've done. I've got the spades and the forks closer to the door so I can just grab those and go. Um, Everything else it's just moving its way in but uh yeah, it it seems to work a lot easier and I do like these pegboards. They have worked really well for keeping my tools organised and easy to access. I've always been the type, I like to see my tools and every tool has a place for it to live. It's definitely been a real good bonus. So that's what I've been up to today. Busy day again here on the home plot and it's, uh, it's starting to really feel like it's coming alive and taking shape. Now, tomorrow after work, I'm going to go down the allotment and do a bit more down there, so let's find out what I've got up to. (coughs) It is Monday the 12th of July 2021. I'm on the allotment, I'm just inside Grandad's greenhouse because, um, well, basically it's raining outside a little bit. So I just thought I'll run in here to, in order to record this piece. Now, I said when I came down here on Saturday that I need to come down here every night in order to get on top of the weeding. And that's what I've done today. I've came down here and um, carried on doing a bit more weeding. i am um, trying to spend quite a bit of time down here this week in order to try and get on top of the weeds. But uh, with with the rain, it's a bit difficult. Now, I ran into the greenhouse during one shower, but I've had this horrible bramble growing in here, which just seems to grow and grow and grow, and I've just had to cut that down in order to get in here. Brambles are slightly annoying, aren't they? They're very, very thorny, and in a greenhouse, really, they shouldn't really grow... But this one is, I think it's grown in from outside. So I've cut it back down as far as I can go. And during the winter, I think we're going to empty out this greenhouse anyway. Just have a look and see where where these are coming in from and how I can get rid of them. May have to dig it out on the outside. Now, apart from doing the weeding, I've carried on harvesting a few more cherries and a few more gooseberries that are just becoming ready. And in the greenhouse, I haven't quite got tomatoes ready, but... They're not far off it. So um, I'm looking forward to tomatoes. That first tomato, I think I said this with the first strawberries and the first um, peas. The first tomatoes are always the best, aren't they? So uh, looking forward to that. There's a lot of looking forward at the moment. But I feel certainly with the way this year has been, we're getting lots of food coming as well right so that is it for today and that is it for this week's update please do let me know what you've been up to in your own allotment and gardens throughout this week as well we're going to have my little commercial break and then i'm going to be talking to you about methods of preserving a few months ago i launched the bridge Grow podcast supporters club Each month I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind the scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now if that sounds like something you are interested in joining then head over to the veggroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member we also have merchandise available on the website including mugs and t-shirts or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others it all goes a long way to help supporting the veg ground podcast this week I would like to talk to you about preserving our homegrown produce. I'm sure that you are starting to get plenty of food coming in from your garden or allotment. However, you might be finding that you have more than what you can eat, or if you're probably thinking like me, it'd be good to have some of this food available for the winter when there's less choice about. Now this is where preserving comes into its own. The easiest way to preserve some of our homegrown food. It is only possible with certain foods, and then it's simply to store it somewhere cool, dry and dark. Now, this is what I do with my onions and potatoes, and this method can be very, very easy. But it does require a bit of preparation beforehand. So, as you would have heard, I'm letting my onions and garlic dry in the greenhouse, or I would let my potato skins harden before storing. But if it's done correctly, they can last a very, very long time. As long as they are stored somewhere cool, dry and dark, inspected regularly and make sure no vermin gets to them. For me, my garage actually works really great for this. But we can knock this up a step and create some wooden boxes that we fill with damp sand. And then we can go on to keep something like carrots, parsnips and many other root crops in them. I've actually been planning to build a storage unit for this method at some point. I'm just going to experiment a little with plastic boxes and wooden boxes to see what works well and how it goes down. Now this method can actually preserve food for quite a few months just by simply storing the food in the correct way. Lots of information online on how to do this. Now moving on from that would be freezing our food. This is something that. I do more than any other way because it is fairly, very simple. Now, I've actually got spare freezers in our garage that are turned off when they're empty. But as we build up our produce, they get turned back on and filled up with our homegrown produce now the first step however with this is that we have to blanch our food and that is where we place the food in boiling water for a very short time then plunge that food into some ice cold water now with the freezer method what I also really do enjoy doing is to make our homegrown ready meals now I know ready meals has a really bad reputation for being processed or lazy food but personally I find that if we are making a meal such as a curry or soup we can make a larger batch so that we can eat some on the day that it's cooked but also freeze what's left over then when we get home late or something gets in the way we still have a home cooked meal available and ready to go just whack it out of the freezer, throw in the oven, and it's good to go. Now, so far, these methods are pretty simple, to be honest. And I think they are something that everyone can do without any specialist equipment. But that brings me up to a method that I've experimented in the past, but it's not my preferred method of preserving. And that's called canning. Now, this method involves placing food in a jar, perhaps with some water in it or if it's a a sauce or something then we place that jar of food into a water bath and heat it up so it kills off any bacteria in the jar It it does work and it involves no refrigeration when it comes to storing but what i found is that once canned the food lost some of its flavor lost some of its color and i suspect it also lost some of its nutrients It could be that I need to practice with it more, but, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of it, so I'm going to stick with mainly freezing my food. Or we're going to move on to adding preservatives to our food. Now, these preservatives take the form of sugar or vinegars to make jams or chutneys. Now, both of these I really do enjoy making. There's a, a certain smell that goes on when I'm making this that just fills the house up really nice and sweet jams are very very easy to make the simplest one is the first one I ever made and that was a raspberry jam I just simply took 500 grams of raspberries added 500 grams of sugar stirred it well and then started to heat it gently until it all sort of melted down and was liquid and then I turned the heat up and brought it up to a a rolling boil held it there for five minutes and then poured it into a jar It really was so easy and it tasted phenomenal and that got me hooked on making jams. Now some fruits such as strawberry jams do need a little help so for these I tend to use a jam sugar but if you are looking to get into a jam you've never made it before raspberry jam is probably the best place to start and then start experimenting after that. Now chutneys, of course, a mix of vegetables, vinegar and sugar, all combined to make some nice spreads for sandwiches or a nice little side on a, a nice meal or something. I have this fantastic apple chutney recipe on our website, which I have made many, many times. It is absolutely delicious, but it does take eight hours to make. When it comes to making chutneys and jams, what you've got to make sure you do is have clean jars. And that involves cleaning and sterilising them. So I always clean our jars and pour them away once we've finished using them. And then when I'm going to use them again, I'll run them through the dishwasher to make sure they are clean. And then I'll rinse them out in hot water again and then place them in an oven on a low heat. Just to sterilise them completely. And we've never got ill through doing this, so it does work. But just remember to keep everything clean. And this goes on with any method of preserving. Make sure everything is cleaned. Another great thing that I like to do with these jams and chutneys, actually, is that I'll give them away as presents for Christmas. And they are always really well received, and people always seem to really like them. Now, my final method of preserving our food is drying which is not very popular these days I find but it is a good option if you do want to preserve your food. Now I actually have a dehydrator for this method and I use that because I don't think our summers are really reliable enough here in the UK to really dry our food successfully. I think we're a little bit on the humid side here the dehydrator is basically a little fan and a heater which just blows dry air over a set of trays that we would line our food on and let's say tomatoes are probably the easiest one to do just thinly sliced tomatoes lay them on the tray let them dehydrate and then you've got our own sun-dried tomatoes so not technically sun-dried but you know what i mean they've got that sun-dried tomatoes it can take a few hours and certainly overnight to do this method but it does work and all you've got to do is turn it on and leave it to do its business so it's not particularly difficult when it comes to using dried food, we do have to soak our, our food about 24 hours beforehand in water just to make sure they're rehydrated. But that again does depend on what recipes we are using. Well, that's the methods of preserving that I have used and found very successful. If you have a preferred way to preserve your food, then let me know. You can email me, richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can visit the website at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk and leave a comment or leave a voicemail. Alternatively, you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. We'll be back again next time, so until then, please take care.